So, wait, what did that mean? How can I really use that? So what does that mean? Yeah, I'm just trying to understand. But how do I do that every day? Can you just help me understand So what does that even mean? Well, hi. Uh, we want to welcome you again to the Family Room Conversations. This podcast series we're starting. I'm Zach. And I'm Gary. We're always excited to see you on a couple days after Easter, after Sunday, I should say. Yes, I feel like we're all kind of still feeling the... Uh, the post-Easter slump. Sure, from a bit worn the... out from all the energy on that day. Yes, <laughs> right. No doubt. Right. Um, which was a beautiful day, a wonderful Resurrection Sunday. Um, I know um, I watched the service online and I thought the sermon was was very wonderful. And you were here in in person and uh, apparently it was a really, really great Sunday. Yeah, we, we were the first Sunday of spring break and we didn't anticipate a lot of people showing up. And to our amazement, we had a lot of full uh, services, kids ministry, student ministry, and we had a lot of people here. Over 800 people gathered for Easter, and we were we were blown away by that. That is mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah, and so so good to have so many people celebrating the Easter story. Yeah, which I know in your sermon was a lot of what you focused on. You told the Easter story, and then you also told your story around that. Right. Um, and and I don't know what kind of comments did you get about that. Well, more than anything, first of all, a friend of mine made the suggestion, why don't you build the Easter story around a testimony? Mm-hmm. And by the time I learned that, I didn't really think of anyone to ask. So I thought, well, maybe maybe that's the cue for me to tell a little of my story. And so, yeah, that's exactly what we did. So we took the symbol of the cross and, and showed how uh, in ancient times it was it was a horrible, a horrible image. It was something that represented death in the most horrible way, horrific way. Um, And then I just brought up a a toilet and built a story around that to help people to understand, here's something that repulses you because of what it represents our culture. And yet it does really represent my story with God. At the end, I mean, I literally knelt over a toilet and said, God, I flush my old life away Mm. and want to start again with you. And so as weird as it might sound, that that moment a toilet went from something disgusting to something that had special moment for me back in uh, May of 1988. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I know you said you had a lot of people come up to you and say that they really resonated with your story. Yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, I'm just remembering this now. I had one of those conversations with uh, someone else I was talking to on Sunday that said okay. I had a toilet moment where I, yeah. I had to just kind of break down and give it all to God. Um, yeah, we a bunch of people just came up and said, I had my moment in my life when uh, I was rebelling against God and doing my own thing. And I had that moment, whether it was in a, a bunker, it was in a house, a moment on my job, in an office, whatever, where I said, okay, God, I'm done playing the game. I'm done with all of this. I just take all the garbage and God, I want to start over. And yeah. uh, it was neat of all ages and different backgrounds. So it was, it was really encouraging and inspiring to me. It's really wonderful. <clears throat> I know one thing we talked about earlier that I wanted to take some time here to talk about was, um, was just the Easter story. I, I, um, I remember in college, one of my, because I did worship leadership in college, and I remember one of my worship professors talking about um, the aspects of being a seasoned worshiper. Um, there's lots of things we do to engage in worship for the first time, uh, but there's still, is there worth? And the answer was yes. But, sure. but he would ask us, is there worth in worshiping to music and in art forms and whatever ways that you're very familiar with? And the answer is yes, but how do we as worshipers who are familiar with those things still engage with that well as far as in terms of worship? You know, how do we 
um, engage in worship with songs that maybe for some of us, I've been part of the liturgy for a long time. Sure. Um, and this seems to be kind of similar to that. Obviously, it's, it's a little different because we're not singing songs, we're hearing a story. Um, so how, how do we, and I think this may be a simple answer, I just want to bring it up, how do we engage with the Easter story that some of us as maybe seasoned listeners, sure. um, how do we engage with the Easter story in a way that is meaningful every year? Well, I, I think more than anything, it, um, probably the best way is as we revisit the Easter story, we just realize how it affects our own life story. In other words, we don't just visit it as an event that happened, but we visit it as an event that happened that impacted my life. It, it's, it's like uh, maybe September 11th when the Twin Towers fell and the Pentagon was crashed and, and the event in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, if you look at that as a historical event, it's kind of factual, almost, you know, sterile in the sense you don't really deal with it. But if you think, where was I and what was I doing? What was I thinking? What was I feeling? All of a sudden it ceases being an event and becomes more of an experience. Yeah. And I think that's what I challenge people to do with Easter. Yeah, read the story, read the words, but at the same time, make sure that event is tied into your experience. So it's not that just Jesus said these things from the cross as we said in the message, these things have, uh, you know, a, a unique impact in your world now. And it all hinges on the fact that he rose from the dead, which is what Easter is all about. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I think just moving it from event to experience within yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know I was going through the story this week. One of the parts that resonates the most to me is the, the Barabbas insert mm -hmm. where, where Pilate is offering... Um, to the Jews, you know, I'll release one of these two prisoners sure. and, and one was Barabbas and one was Jesus. And there's this uh, video, it's a sermon by uh, Judah Smith, which I hadn't yeah. listened to him in a whole long time. And sure. um, I had found this video a long time ago and I revisited it every once in a while and I went back to it on, on Sunday. And uh, the sermon just wrecks me because he talks about um, the Barabbas story and how audacious it was that these two men were being compared, sure. Sure. Um, but that Jesus still being uh, full of authority in the situation, chose to allow Barabbas to be right. taken away. And there's no account of Barabbas after that moment. There's no, one of the things he makes the point is, there's no account of Barabbas turning around and going, I owe you everything now and right. I'm going to become a better person. He probably didn't. He was the murderer. He was the leader of an insurrection. He probably didn't care. Yeah. Um, but while we were still sinners, Christ elected to die for us. And I just think that's so, that's the moment that I see in this story Jesus is looking at me. You know, I'm the Barabbas sure. figure. Um, well, you think of, you know, you think of Jesus with Barabbas, right? Because when Pilate did that, in Pilate's mind, it was a no-brainer. Surely they'll choose Jesus right. over. But at the same time, you think of Jesus interacting with Judas, and he called him friend. Mm. And you think about Jesus later uh, engaging Paul, who'd become the Apostle Paul, on, um, you know, the road to Damascus. At that moment, he said, you know, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And so it's interesting to me, like what you sh share is how Jesus engages uh, these hostile people to him, but he doesn't lower himself to them. He almost elevates himself to communicate to them. I know who I am and I know who you are. Um, <clears throat> and, and I would love for you to come to me, but it's very much uh, something you must decide for yourself. Yeah. You know, whether it's Judas, Judas, there's a chance here. I know what you're going to do, but there's still a chance Barabbas. And, and obviously with the Apostle Paul, Paul did say, 
you know, respond to Jesus and say, you know, who are you? And his, his journey began at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing you talked about in your sermon that I, I thought was a really good point and, and maybe it, it just needed some more time to talk sure. about because this was a really good point. You made a point to delineate and, and the time you were talking about drinking, I think, right. um, that the drinking wasn't the problem. It was deeper than sure. that. Can you just expound on that for me? Yeah, so I think one of the uh, uh, lies is the best way to describe it that a lot of us were raised under, and I'm not blaming parents or grandparents, it was a cultural thing, um, that it is the problem. If I can keep you away from it, whether it's tobacco, drinking, uh, you know, some type of pornography or whatever it might be, if I can keep you away from it, you'll be fine. And the truth is we're drawn to it, not because of it, but because of something inside of us. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating over the years of ministering to people is once God begins to, to transform inside someone's heart, their desire for it fades. And it is the same thing. Well, right. you know, it's the same whatever their draw is, but once God changes their heart, they're like, you know, I just don't crave that anymore, and I really can't figure out why, mm-hmm. right? Because God healed you, and it is still there. Um, And I wanted people to to know that because if someone was sitting there thinking, well, if you would just stop that behavior, you'd be fine. Well, I didn't want to because something was corrupted on the inside of me. But once God began to fix that, the behavior went away because, um, you know, when God heals you, he frees you. And and that's the beauty of the freedom in Christ. And if all the alcohol in the world just suddenly dried up, you wouldn't be any better off. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I mean, you could hide it all. I mean, you know, back in the days of prohibition, that, I mean, people just go underground with it. So if people want it, they'll get it. It's that easy. But if God transforms you, you no longer want it, whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I had a pastor one time describe it to me as sins, lowercase, versus sin, uppercase. Mm-hmm. That, that where, where sin, in the singular, is a, is a heart condition. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, a longing for something outside of the kingdom of God. Sure. And, and the sins are those things that we chase. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the sins are not nearly as big a problem as the sin of the sure. heart. Sure. That longing for separation, I mean, isn't that... And we never think about it that way. I never think about it. I always think about it as, you know, I, or when I was in these big moments of temptation, big moments of, of addiction in earlier times in my life, I was looking for, you know, I never thought like, oh, yeah, I want to get farther away from God. But it's 100% what I was doing. Right, right. And uh, Yeah, and I think deep inside of us, there's a moment when we want something so badly in our head, we, recti- uh, we, we kind of rationalize it this way. I trust myself more than I trust God. So whatever God says about it, I'm going to ignore that. But I'm going to go with what I feel better because it, I trust myself more than anything else or anyone else. And therefore, I go after something. Definitely. And that's where I think you realize down the road the wisdom God says because God's like, I told you not to go after that. But you did. And once you got it, you realize it was not all you hoped. Um, so the next time God's like, so let's learn from this. So wisdom says, first time burnt, second time you'll avoid it because you'll trust me over and against your own yeah. heart and, and desires. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I always just want people to know that, man, and we'll talk about it way more this coming Sunday, but when Jesus Christ comes to live in your life, he goes into the business of recreating you. 
And if he, he was in Colossians 1 says, he, he created all that we see and know. So if he can create all of this, certainly he can recreate something special within us. Yeah. Well, would you like to pray us out? Yeah, that'd be great. Father, we do thank you for Easter, and we thank you that Jesus, your son, was risen from the dead, and we're thankful for the over 500 people who witnessed him and saw him during that nearly six-and-a-half-week time period. And God, we're just thrilled to know uh, how much you love us and care for us and desire a relationship with us. And Lord, a part of that is you desire to set us free. And Lord, uh, you have great wisdom, great power, and great compassion. And Father, help us each day to learn more and more that that is indeed true. And that, Lord, uh, you want us to get a glimpse, a taste of heaven right now, something we can enjoy with you for all of eternity. And I pray if there's anyone watching or listening who does not have that hope in you, that, Lord, they might understand how they can have that through faith in Jesus, your Son. We pray this in his holy name. Amen. Amen. We want to remind you um, that this is a weekly podcast. Um, we have, this is our fifth or sixth one that we've put up. So there's, if you, this is the first one you're finding, you can spend some time finding the other ones. Um, and uh, we all look forward to doing this again next week. And if you ever have a question about anything that's shared or asked or told or discussed in here, man, ask us. We, we, we would love to dialogue with you as well so much. Once again, you can find all of the links to contact us in the description below, but you can also comment on any of the events or posts that we, we make on our FPC Rincon Facebook page or our YouTube channel or any of those things. And uh, hope you have a great week. <laughs>